Get ready to be dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Dazed and Infused. I'm host Latham Woodward here as usual. Today, we're very, very happy to have James Hunter. And he is the host, and, uh, excuse me, the founder of Highbridge Holdings. And they are a drink maker and uh, new to the market in California, but bringing new and innovative drink products to California. James, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. It's good to be here and uh, with you and met you at the Cannabis Drinks Conference, which was a very interesting conference for, I think, everyone um, in San Francisco, um, where I, we met and we talked a little bit about what you're doing. Um, what states are you currently in, James? We're producing right now in California and in Arizona. Okay. Uh, we'll be distributing and selling by the end of this month or early next month in both states. Okay, that's good news to hear, and so people can find your products on the shelf pretty soon. Um, I just want to start out with the interview with my my question. I ask all of our participants in this podcast: What's your historical relationship to cannabis? How do how did you come around to cannabis? It's not you know the normal. It's an, yeah, it's an interesting journey. Um, I went to college in the '60s, and I'm probably the only one who never used cannabis uh, during that time, uh, and. Uh, I started getting an interest in it uh, from a business perspective, rather from a using perspective. And uh, as I got more and more intrigued and uh, learned more about the product itself, uh, actually the legalization helped pique my interest and uh, eventually uh, uh, began sampling and uh, partaking and uh, uh, became an advocate. There you uh, go. Yeah, that's kind of the, it's a, it was a long journey, but uh, uh, it was certainly well worth the uh, worth the time it took to get here. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so that's uh, the way most people come to you. You have a very interesting and diverse background, though. I you were an attorney at one point, I believe. Yeah, my background is in legal, and I basically spent most of my career in the venture capital and mergers and acquisitions arena. Okay, uh, it's basically where I've been for the last uh, more years than I like to uh, uh, admit to. Uh, but uh, the way the cannabis came into that play uh, was I had several friends that uh, are in the business and have uh, consistently uh, encouraged me to take a look at it from a business perspective and wanted me to come out, take a look at it and uh, uh, see what was going on. And finally, uh, I, uh, I made that trip and uh, no pun intended. And uh, ventured out to California, where I met with a, a, a very good friend of mine, uh, Andre Schmeikoff, who's been very active in the uh, in the cannabis arena in California for twelve some years, I think. Uh, has uh, multiple dispensaries, and he took the time to uh, introduce me around, show me around, uh, explain to me the. Uh, the legalities explained to me the uh, the financial aspect of the business, and that's finally what uh, really captured my attention. 
so from that point, I started taking a look at what was going on in the Canadian uh, markets and uh, seeing what, if I thought that would parallel what would happen in the US. Uh, and as I saw the Canadian markets uh, initially take off, uh, as we all know, extremely good, they've become a little more volatile of late. But I, I believed that the the U.S. markets would uh, be much stronger than the Canadian markets, if nothing else, by sheer numbers of population. We have 10 times more people in the U.S., so I would expect the numbers to correlate to that. So uh, the biggest issue I had in uh, researching was uh, how I would integrate myself into this arena, uh, where I could go to uh, make the, the biggest impact, uh, I was at a point where the first thing, obviously, uh, medical marijuana was uh, uh, legal virtually everywhere in the U.S. And uh, the states that were not yet legal were considering it and ready to open up. Uh, however, as I started looking at that, the, the entry point uh, for medical marijuana to me was prohibitively expensive and also way too political and uh, regulatory uh, morass that it created. It just, it, it wasn't very sure. attractive to me. No. Uh, Why would it be? <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. I, took, I then took a look at CBD, uh, which was virtually legal everywhere because of the hemp aspect, et cetera. And uh, I just, uh, I, I basically rejected it because I, I didn't necessarily think that space was saturated, uh, but to me, it was certainly getting very, very crowded. So that left uh, uh, the recreational THC uh, sector. And when I first started exploring this, there were only a handful of states, maybe about eight or nine of them that were legal. Obviously, now we've got 17. So it's uh, the growth that we were expecting in recreational cannabis is well underway. And we expect that to grow uh, hyperbolically over the next uh, months, uh, certainly, if not uh, in the next year or two. Well, let's uh, certainly hope so. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're all yeah, hoping for yeah. that. So, you know, the next thing was to try to do some field work and find out, you know, where there was a need, where there was uh, an opening uh, for a new product, et cetera. And so we visited probably, you know, upwards of a dozen uh, dispensaries, uh, in California and Nevada, and uh, everything from uh, small corner mom and pops to uh, the big chains and the, the monster ones in Las Vegas. And what we found was that uh, without exception, they had very, very few beverages uh, to offer. And uh, the, the conversations I had with the proprietors, the managers, et cetera, uh, the, the beverages at that time didn't have a very good reputation. And uh, I said, look, if I can fix the flavor profiles and I can fix, you know, the separation issues, uh, would you entertain uh, handling those kinds of products? And uh, they basically told me, if you can do that, uh, you couldn't make the products fast enough. Yeah, so, you, you, you beat me to my question, really. Why, why drinks, you know? I, and yeah. I think you're answering it really well because... The drink space is an interesting space. It's not, and um, as evidenced by the Cannabis Drinks Conference, um, definitely there's an upward trend. It's continuing. And what we're seeing is more adoption. And um, uh, 
you know, frankly, James, you're of a certain age, I'm of a certain age, and it's an easier lift for people, right? When they see a drink rather than, and especially a low dosage drink. Yeah, it, you know, and the, the efficacy of the beverages is different than that of the combustibles and the edibles. And I think we fit nicely in between the two. Uh, a, a more rapid uh, 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 effect uh, than most combustible or most uh, edibles, uh, and maybe not quite as fast as the combustibles, but on the other hand, you don't have to smoke it. And I think that's a big plus. Uh, for a lot of people looking to the alternative of smoke. Yeah, for sure. And especially the social stigma around smoking in many communities. It's not just because it's weed, you know, it's because it's smoking, you know, so it doesn't really resonate with a lot of crowds, especially the mom and dad crowd, you know, with kids around. Very difficult to do that in certain situations. Yeah, we. so one of the things that really struck me as, as I was doing my research and reading, et cetera, was, uh, the CEO of uh, Heineken uh, uh, basically gave a, uh, a speech to his shareholders and the cannabis uh, and cannabis industry, cannabis infused beverages was a topic. And uh, while Heineken has been making THC infused beverages in Europe for quite some time, uh, they basically saw the same data I was seeing. Uh, that the beverage sector was accounting for less than 3% of gross revenues in the entire cannabis uh, sphere. And his take on it, and I just assumed that the CEO of Heineken would have a lot more uh, knowledge and research behind him than me. That guy's got some access to data. Yeah, so he predicted that he saw this space uh, growing from less than 3% to over 35%. Uh, within the next three to five years. I think it's very uh, reasonable, so that, that, was, that, that assumption. That was the, the encouragement that I needed. Uh, so what we did was, uh, you know, with that data, we set out to develop products that were uh, familiar uh, for the most part. Uh, the full beer uh, products were the first things that uh, we engineered. Uh, the, uh, uh, the seltzers came next. Uh, and we like to think that, uh, you know, we offer uh, not just another uh, beverage, but we offer a brand. It's premium. We've, we focus on the premium quality of our products and beverages and ingredients, et cetera. And we really think that the full beers, which, by the way, we're not allowed to say beer. Uh, so we can't. We've had to change our labels two or three times as part of the compliance stuff. <laughs> but I think we're uh, comfortable with. Uh, the labels we now have and the labels we'll be going to market with. And I think once people taste uh, Alpine Rush, uh, which is our 15 milligram uh, uh, beer-like product, I will say, uh, and uh, Halcyon Days, which is our 10 milligram beer product, uh, I think they'll, they'll see and taste and actually feel, smell, hear uh, the similarities between our beverages and that, what they're used to in the traditional beer beverage line. So there's a so great similarity, is, to all, of that, all the sensory perceptions. Is your marketing team um, saying, oh, make sure you say it's a hop, a hop-like beverage or something, not beer? You know, we, what we have come up with was, uh, you know, we don't, uh, we got rid of all of the beer annotations or connotations uh, with, the, with the labeling. 
thus, we have Alpine Rush. Uh, we don't label it as a full beer or beer drink or whatever. We just call it Alpine Rush. Uh, same with Halcyon Days. And uh, the seltzers uh, were much easier from a labeling standpoint. And we went to a botanical seltzer uh, to give it some flavor layering instead of the, the more uh, pedestrian seltzers of the grapefruit, lemon, lime, that sort of thing. So we're experimenting with uh, different flavor profiles. Our first two are uh, cucumber mint and uh, watermelon basil. So more sophisticated flow, uh, flavor profiles on our beverage, on our seltzers. Um, I think the product that you saw at, uh, at the expo in San Francisco, uh, the one that we were sampling up there was uh, uh, our product called Higher Love. Yeah, it was. And, and I just, before we get too far, because there's a lot of people yeah. who may not be uh, looking at this sure. um, or visually, basically the, the lineup in, includes the aphrodisiac shot, which is the Higher Love. And then right. you have the Alpine Rush and Halcyon Days. And then you have the botanical seltzers, uh, Refresh, which is F-R-S-H. And those are available in, it uh, looks like watermelon. And um, what's the other flavor profile there? You're, looking, the at a, you're looking at, at a, there should be a watermelon basil. Yes. Yeah. Watermelon basil, for sure. Yeah. And uh, cucumber mint, yes? Cucumber mint, yeah. Those yeah, it looks good. That are, that are um, you could find them at hybridpremium.com. Um, forward slash California, if you want to look what's available here in California. So if you're listening to this podcast, um, I, it looks like January of 2022 is the launch date for these products. Um, and just as an, as an aside, um, we I am currently drinking uh, a delicious Klaus drink from Warren Bobrow. Um, here it is in a glass and um, here it is in its can. We just launched this through Sense Distribution this week. It wow. is new to the market. Hollow Flowers was our kickoff date. Um, so we are very happy to have Klaus and Warren Bobrow on our team of drinks. And hopefully, maybe we'll have James in the Sense Distribution house as well, because we are shooting for a lot more drinks, because I do view this as a an emergent, great market for the new late adopter um, and also people who just want to have a good social time. For me, I'm a non-drinker at this point in my life, and I am gravitating toward more of these products because they um, really enhance my life. And from a standpoint of someone who does not drink, being able to go out um, to a social situation, bring your own drinks with you, and not feel like, oh, I've got ginger ale, you know, one of those things, you know, I've got my own thing going. And um, I find that when I bring a drink like Klaus or Urbasi or uh, from Jamie Evans or a Wonder or Colexo, who have all been guests on the show before, you're joining a very good um, panel of other drink experts, James. Um, we find a lot of interest in terms of what people say to you at parties. And they're like, what is that? Why are you drinking it? And it's like an easy story. I don't want to drink alcohol anymore. I'm just beyond that at this point in my life. Um, and so these drinks fit that nice little social profile that you need at, you know, if you're not drinking booze anymore. And I'm, yeah. I don't hold anything against someone who likes a good drink because boy, did I like my drinks, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I just had to move on, you know, it had to change my life. And I, I'm sure you're finding James that um, there is an adopter crowd out there who, who doesn't really know about this yet. Who, who want, who wants to know. Yeah. There, there's a huge uh, audience and population uh, that's, 
not been indoctrinated to this aspect of cannabis. And that's why shows like yours is uh, so important. You reach a much broader audience than uh, our website at this stage of our development. And so we thank you. For oh, thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate those nice comments. That's very nice of you. But it is it is an emerging category. And I, I think within the boundaries of the data that we saw at the Cannabis Drinks Expo, the the exposure to the general public is going to be more and more and more. And I think this is going to be a dominant segment within cannabis pretty soon. And it's definitely ramping up. And within the taste profile, I'm interested to hear more about the, the beer like um, kind of taste profile of Alpine Russian Halcyon days. Um, are you using like a de-alked process on that or is it proprietary or what are you, yeah. what are you doing there? Yeah, good, good question. And, and uh, that was also part of the, the learning curve for us. Uh, I've got a development partner uh, in Mexico City who's uh, affiliated with uh, Modelo Corona. And oh, one of the first big things company. That, yeah, one of the first things we did, and they offered to provide us all of the de-alcoholized de uh, beer that we could use. Um, we thought that was a great way to enter the space if we had that part of our product done. Uh, unfortunately, as we learned moving forward, there were uh, some import uh, expenses that uh, we thought were a little strident for what we were doing. Mm -hmm. uh, we also found that uh, by using de-alcoholized beer, uh, we still came under the purview of uh, the FDA and ATF. Two, two organizations you don't really yeah, want to deal with. Yeah, more, more oversight and more regulatory crap that we didn't want to contend with. Uh, so at that stage, I'll back up a little bit. When, when I first decided we were, this is where we're going to land. And uh, at, at the beginning of this, it was these two beer products that I had in mind. Uh, and, you know, through a, a bunch of networking, I found uh a, a lab and a chemist uh, team, chemistry team, uh, that we had extremely good synergy. We, we felt comfortable to get with each other. They had been uh, in the R&D, uh, CBD R&D uh, part of, uh, uh, of the lab work for several years, eight or nine years at that point, but had not ventured into the THC arena. So when I proposed this to them, uh, their eyes lit up and they were looking for an entree into the THC uh, arena and to become a part of it. And we forged an extremely good alliance uh, with uh, Ocean Blue Labs in Hermosa Beach. And, uh, you know, thank you, Marty Molina, who owns the lab and has been uh, a good uh, counsel and uh, uh, become a good friend as we've gone through the process. Uh, so basically, back to the story of DL. Let's let's give Marty a, a good shout out there. I like that, Marty. Absolutely. If you're listening, you, you got a fan here. Absolutely. And basically, when I found out that the difficulty in using the uh, the de-alcoholized beer from Corona or from uh, Modelo Corona, I called Marty and I said, "Look, yeah, yeah." And he's Marty's got quite a pedigree in the in the chemistry arena. And I said, "You're." smart guy. I said, can't we make a beverage that looks like beer, tastes like beer, smells like beer, acts like beer, and, but just make it out of your water and some potions and formulas. We don't have to brew it. We don't have to bring the magic. We don't have to do any of that stuff. And he just laughed and he said, what do you want it to taste like? 
uh, a week later, we had the first rendition of beer and two renditions later uh, in our blind taste tests, we were uh, uh, four to one over traditional beers that we were using as controls. Wow. So we were very happy with uh, uh, all of uh, the, the work that the lab has done, continues to do. Uh, they've been uh, involved in all of our products and uh, our relationship has grown stronger and we have several products in the R&D stage with the lab at this point too. So I have to mention too, that if you're not looking at this at home, um, the Alpine Russian Halcyon days are alcohol-free, gluten-free, non-GMO and sugar-free. So that pretty much hits all the marks for people. Yep. Yep. Are, are, are you currently, I did read something in a bio on your company. Are you currently doing a business with Rick, uh, Rick Gillis? And Tinley, yes. Tinley is our co-packing uh, partner. Rick's and, a great guy. I love Rick. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Rick is a great guy. And uh, uh, it, the one of the things that is really endemic to this industry is that when you meet people like Marty, like Rick, like some of the other people I'll probably mention, they're just good people. Uh, you know, they're, they're fun people. They're engaging people. They're helpful people. And, you know, we've taken on not just strategic and business partners, we've actually uh, forged friendships with a lot of these people yeah. and makes business uh, uh, so much more interesting, so much more fun. Uh, I tell people that, uh, you know, after years and years in the, uh, the legal venture capital M&A industries, uh, I didn't sleep well and never had a day that I wasn't looking over my shoulder. Uh, the exact opposite is true in this industry where we have yet to encounter anybody who didn't want to talk about what they were doing, how they could help us, what we might be able that to is do true. better. I'm just, I couldn't be happier uh, with this yeah. project at this stage. You know, the first time I met Rick, just a shout out to you, Rick Gillis, if you're listening here, um, we sat down in his office and um, Rick came from the traditional um, beverage space and we started, I came, I had little businesses, I had a wine business and a tequila business, and we started talking shooting the shit so to speak and you know we started talking about our connections and it turns out he worked for a guy that i we, i know well from the past uh, a guy who unfortunately is, who died in a, a horseback incident but great guy and so we we just hit it off immediately rick and i and uh i've since proposed using our uh, go next level uh, nano 2o to rick and put it in his mixes and we're currently working on that so rick if you're listening i'm coming at after you for that uh, that contract, buddy. Thank Good, you. Call me on that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I will, James. Um, and I understand you're you're kind of a family affair, right? Do you work with your wife in the business? Yeah, uh, it's another thing that's uh, uh, kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, my wife uh, uh, had the opportunity about 12, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, to uh, be able to retire, and uh, I encouraged her to do that at that time. And when we made this leap. Uh, and I kind of, uh, it's a leap into entrepreneurship is really what it has been. And uh, as, as I started exploring this and she would ask questions about it and she was very interested. And then obviously when I started traveling to the states I had to be in, uh, she would always come with me and she wound up knowing about as much as I do, if not more on certain aspects of it. And I said, Basically, look, if you're going to come with me and be in all these meetings, you might as well get paid. So uh, I need jump, some help. <laughs> jump on board. I need the help. Uh, so she's still uh, 
she's still she's easing away from her administrative duties and uh, after the first of the year will full time become our event coordinator. Uh, which is more in her wheelhouse. And so she's looking forward to that change of, uh, of duties here coming up in the next month or so. That is cool. Well, I've got a couple events coming up that I want to include you in the new year. Uh, we have one coming up in Beverly Hills at the William Randall First Pool property. We also have, and those are drink centric, uh, we'll have SoCal Cannabar there, House 420, Jeff, the 420 chef, and Chef Matt there spinning his delicious barbecue. We also have a gaming conference coming up on February 13th down in San Diego, which we will be setting up bars there. And I want to include you along with Tinley and all the rest of my friends here in the drink space. You know, I think it's going to be a good thing. Oh, we'd love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Love to get your launch out there, man. It'd be fantastic. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, what, um, obviously get your hands full with the three products you're currently offering. Um, but I, I would imagine you're in constant R and D and you're constantly innovating and looking for new opportunities. Anything you want to share with anybody or, um, yeah. is it just kind of confidential at this point? No, it's, you know, it's, uh, we have the degree of confidence in our products that, uh, I, I'm not worried about people reverse engineering or anything like that. And right. We're pretty strong. We got a pretty good team. So we're pretty strong on, uh, all of the IP that we registered properly, all that kind of goofy stuff that, yeah, you know. that is the funny thing about cannabis. You can tell stuff to people and they're like, yeah, well, go ahead and try. Yeah, right. <laughs> because most yeah. of these things, especially in edible space are super difficult to, I mean, my agave product to get my agave to uh, combo with THC distillate was an 18 month product. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. it was tough as hell. Yeah. We uh, uh, right now in R and D we have, almost ready to go. It should be ready early first quarter next year. It's a product that we call the Happy Can. And it's a 12 ounce, uh, 15 milligram energy drink. Mm. uh, Right now, the difficulty the lab has had uh, was in, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, masking the the taste. Uh, So we're trying to come up with the right flavor profile for it. We like all of our beverages to be very drinkable. Uh, They're grab and go kind of products. We want you to be able to pull it out of the fridge and drink it and not kind of have to choke it down. We want you to enjoy it. I I may have a solution for you. We'll talk after this this call. the half can is is that is that energy drink, and we you know like the aphrodisiac shot. We don't see anybody doing that particular product right now, and so we're we're looking uh, we're looking forward to getting that on the shelves in in Q one also. Wow, uh, that's a lot. That's good. Yeah, and behind that we've got uh, uh, two or three. Uh, I guess uh, you'd refer to them as mocktails. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's becoming a, a kind of a a segment that's being tested by a lot of different people right now. Uh, so we're trying to come up, there you go. So we're trying to come up with uh, unique and different flavors. So, you know, we, we like to be a little, one of the separators we like to have in our, in our uh, portfolio is that it's a different flavor. It's a, it's a different taste than any of the competition. Yeah, so they're I, working I think what- on Let's let's pause there for a second because I think what you just said is very important too. Because the seltzers are seltzers. I think your your beer thing is really cool. I mean, the it's an amazing thing. I want to try that. Yeah. Um, but the cocktail, yeah, meaning that that suitable alternative for people. That's totally. definitely what I just held up the can for people who are not at home. I held up the Klaus can because Warren Warren is a world class bartender. That's where he came, and so he made something that tastes like a cocktail 
And right. it sounds like you guys are on that thing too, because this is a strong and powerful message within the cannabis space. Yeah. Let's make something that's equally delicious to the alternatives. Yeah. And that's, you know, we, we really want to make sure that those taste profiles are there. And uh, so the R and D is expected to reach critical mass sometime February on, on the first set of mocktails. We'll take a look and do some testing and tasting and <laughs> excuse me, see what that looks like. Um, one thing that's uh, just coming bubbling to the surface now is uh, a uh, product that I've had in the back of my mind, and it just seems like the right time to introduce it to the R&D team. And uh, it's a, uh, a sleep product. Oh, yeah. uh, and it's, uh, it's not a conventional thing. Years and years ago in, a, in an M&A uh, project, uh, I worked with a nutraceutical company that had developed a spray delivery system for vitamins. So just basically mm -hmm. a couple of squirts under your tongue, you had your vitamins. And so we've been talking with the lab about something similar. Uh, we're a couple of sprays uh, of uh, our THC sleep aid uh, under your tongue and uh, uh, it, it, it's uh, a bedtime uh, enhancement product. So there's a big need for that. Everybody yeah, yeah. needs that. Yeah, my wife uh, struggles with uh, sleep problems. And so this was basically, I came up with this with her in mind. If, if she had something she could you know, get away from the traditional pharmaceuticals and alcohol and things like that, and just yeah. sprays under your tongue. Uh, yeah, so I, I, that, you know, we, we'd like to see that uh, get some legs on it by Q2 of next year. So cool. uh, next year's of the 2022 is a huge, huge, busy aggressive year for us so we're looking forward to it for all of us man um and just right now i'm just going to give a shout out to my friend mike stromias big mike as he's known and advanced nutrients i am wearing your lid right now mike and you have been a guest on the show and you we have had lunch together in la before and it's a really nice to see your guys down at hall of flowers so i did score this lid from you mike so thank you Perfect. Uh, <laughs> so i'm we're at that point in, in the show where i ask a standard question and this is something that you can talk about yourself, a friend, someone who used to be a friend or anything else. And then we call it this the stony story. Do you have anything that has to do with THC where someone just over imbibed or just had a great time and you didn't expect it? You got anything for us? I've got two. Okay, uh, let's hear it. Let's hear them. That come to mind immediately. One is a longtime dear friend of mine, a, a Vietnam veteran, a big guy, about six, four, six, five, about 280 pounds. And uh, just uh, tough a bruiser. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he lives in Arizona, and he has uh, he hasn't used uh, marijuana in any form since leaving Vietnam. And he was telling me the story about uh, one night he and his wife uh, were on their deck, and a friend of his wife's came over, and uh, the two of them don't even equal one of Ron, so. Uh, they decided to go to the dispensary and, and get some product and, you mm -hmm. know, mark it back to the old days, uh, which they did. And uh, he told me that it was, he said, now granted, he said, this, I haven't used it in a long, long time, but he says, I'm a big guy and I wasn't expecting what happened. And I said, well, what happened? He says, well, we each took a bite of a chocolate bar and, you know, we didn't feel anything, which is a typical, you uh -oh. know. Yeah, a, a typical initial kind of a reaction. So a few minutes later, another bite and another bite, et cetera. And he said, by the time we finished the bar, 
you know, we were really starting to feel it. And uh, he says, my wife was basically leaning back on the deck, looking up at the stars and wasn't able to communicate. Her friend had her head down between her legs, counting the oh, rest. No. And he said, I wanted to get up and help him in, but I couldn't get up. Couch locked. And I said, Jesus, how much did you have? He says, well, 10 milligrams. And I said, well, wait a second. You know that each chunk of that bar is 10 milligrams. And he says, oh, I said, you probably had a 50 milligram bar. Said, no, I think we had a 100 milligram bar. Okay. And I said, ah. And he said, and we each had one. So, oh, yeah. So he said, by the end of the night, he had to help them crawl into the house. He was opening all of the doors and windows because by this time he was convinced that it was uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. And, uh, I mean, it, and the story goes on and on. And oh, I bet. I bet. He finally <laughs> fell asleep and got up the next morning and, and he called me and he said, what did I do? You know? So he had an education on dosing at that point. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I got I got a shout out to all you people out there who are, not experienced with uh, eating <laughs> cannabis chocolate. Your best bet is to have your cannabis chocolate and a non-infused chocolate. So you can get your, your, your jag on with a non-infused chocolate. If you get so happy with the first chocolate, don't sit there and chow your whole hundred milligram bar. Good lesson, James. I, I think I even did after that, I did a whole blog on dosing and how, uh, how, to, how to manage your dosing and where to look for it on packaging, et cetera. But yeah, that uh, that was really a funny, funny story that he shared with me. Well, that's and, a good one. Yeah, the other one was probably about, I'm going to say about 10 months ago, something like that, <clears throat> early spring. And uh, uh, the lab was uh, going to send us a, uh, a, a case of uh, product uh, to sample. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, uh, and it was lab produced. It wasn't commercially produced. So it had to be uh, used up in a, in, in a day or so. It, it, it yeah. would last, you know, much longer than two or three days. So uh, Vicki and I were having lunch at Killer Shrimp. Uh, hats off to uh, Brett Donahue over at Killer Shrimp. And we started talking and I said, hey, Brett, don't you know some people that would like to come over and try our product? And why don't you host a little sampling uh, session for us? And he said, yeah, I can do that. So he got together 10, 11 people and uh, Vicki and I and uh, Brett and a couple of the other people from Killer Shrimp, uh, Marina Del Rey. And uh, we proceeded to uh, taste test the beer products. And uh, 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 most of the women said, well, we're not beer drinkers, so it's not fair that we judge these. And most of the guys said, well, I'll try them. But there were two guys that said, well, we love beer. You know, we're beer aficionados. So yeah, we'll tell you exactly what we think. Okay, so, okay, here it comes, right? Yeah, here it comes. So they drank every beer product that we had that they could get their hands on, plus every uh, part of the uh, uh, the control product, which at mm-hmm. that point was uh, uh, a, a light beer made in Colorado. I'll just put it that way. And, uh, of course, uh, with one exception, everybody chose our, our beers from a taste and quality standpoint. So we were really happy with that. And by now, after an hour and a half, uh, everybody's in a fairly good mood anyway. And uh, the sad part was I had to announce we didn't have any more samples available. Uh-huh. You know, I'll buy dinner and, you know, we went to a table and had some traditional cocktails. And and, and uh, I bet the wives drove those boys home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and let yeah. me just be from a legal standpoint um, at the shrimp restaurant. It was a private affair. Okay? This, was a totally this is private. nothing the uh, the restaurant offers like this a private upstairs. affair. This was upstairs. And, yeah. yeah. Behind uh, locked doors. Yeah. So now downstairs, we came down for dinner and uh, sitting out on the patio. And the two guys who were beer aficionados were just a couple of characters and telling jokes and just having a good time. And I, I just kind of looked at them and I said, do you mind if I ask you guys what you do for a living? Uh, and they just looked at each other and said, well, we're musicians. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it's California, it's La- it's L.A. So, yeah, everybody's a, a musician or an actor or a comedian. Something, or- right. And I said, well, you're studio musicians or you're a backup band? What do you do? And one guy looked at the other guy and he says, well, I'm the bass player and Joe here is second percussionist for he gave the name of the band which is an iconic 80s band and wow yeah i mean just I, my head just kind of what and all i could think of was here i am a, a guy from st paul minnesota with just hardly any cannabis experience sitting at marina del rey at killer shrimp restaurant with members of this band drinking cannabis beer uh, to me that was that was a really uh that was a benchmark in my cannabis experience so far a lot of fun. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to counter that, but I got, I'm going to tell you my the stony story. I never get to tell these. I was recently at uh, our buddy Kirk's um, restaurant, Justin Queso's there on Santa Monica Boulevard in um, in the LA. And uh, we were there and a friend of mine, Nick Giordano, who's been on the show, he he's a very good singer, actor. And he gets up and he starts to sing Journey, you know, don't stop believing. He's singing and he's singing it really well. All of a sudden, I'm high, by the way. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sitting there on the street, you know, on the street table. The right. guy next to me, he starts to sing a duet with Nick. Same song. And he was really good. And I was just looking at my friend who was sitting across from me. I go, only in LA, man. Only in LA. <laughs> right. That's my stony story. Well, well James... It's been a, a total pleasure to have you here, man. And I hope the audience enjoyed this and look for Highbridge products coming up. And that would be the Higher Love, the Alpine Russian Halcyon Days, and the Refresh, the Botanical Seltzers. They'll be in a dispensary near you soon. And um, I have nothing but good thoughts about this. It's great taste profiles, great ideas, and obviously a great person behind it. Uh, James, thanks very much for being here. And again, you can find me at hybridpremium.com forward slash California if you want to just ID that. And if you want to do it in Arizona, I'm assuming it's forward slash Arizona. Same thing in Arizona. That's correct. Yeah. And hats off to Great White Enterprises, who's our uh, uh co-packing and distribution partner in uh, Arizona also. So shout all right. Out. Shout out to them. And James, we will see you soon. If you ever want to launch another product, look me up and we'll get you on there. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Okay. Thank you. And today, this show is always brought to you by Sugies. S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S. That's delicious stevia, sugar, and agave powder with 1,000 milligrams coming out in January 2022. Look for us at a dispensary near you. We asked the heavy hitters what they wanted. They came back with our new agave powder product. Look for it soon in a dispensary near very well-priced and with Nano 2.0 from Next Level. Thanks again, and welcome back uh, to another episode next week uh, when I will announce that later. But thank you for being here, James, and we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thanks again. Okay, we're out, Brasco.
James, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure, man. It was a ball. Very entertaining, man. You're a good guest. Well, I could have uh, gone on for a while with you. Yeah, we'll look uh, look forward to uh, hooking up next time we're out in California. So, And I'd love to talk to you about the Go Next Level Nano. Love to hear it. Yeah, I'm going to give you one word to look up. My cell. My, sec, my cell technology. Um, that's the big differentiator between Nano 2.0 and Vertosa, for instance. It takes you right into the bloodstream, five minute activation. It's pretty incredible. I'll get you a sample. Please, absolutely. Uh, I'd like to get you involved in the conversation with our lab guys too. And uh, yeah, they've got a lot of people they can steer your direction too. So, and, and, and from a taste uh, profile standpoint, um, the big difference is if you don't smash the micelle bubble with impellers, you will have a very good taste profile. Wonderful. Well, so we'll talk. We'll talk more. Thanks again. Thanks, James. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.